everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Marking the Roll, a podcast for teachers. And while we're based in the Illawarra region of New South Wales in Australia, this podcast is for teachers everywhere. If you want more information about Marking the Roll, just go to Marking the Roll, and that is R-O-L-E, markingtherole.com.au. Uh, there you will find all of the past episodes, or of course you can get them wherever you get your podcasts. We're a volunteer organisation. Uh, no one is paid here to do the job. Um, we simply believe that teachers need a voice, and there are issues that need to be discussed in the education system that haven't been discussed openly in the past. My name is Phil Dye. I'm your host. I'm an ex-teacher, a musician, an ex-journalist, and I have an avid interest in what's happening in our schools and universities. And if you wanted to support Marking the Roll, there is a a button on the website, markingtherole.com.au, where you can buy us a, a coffee, which is really a metaphorical cup of coffee for five dollars you can become a member and there's certain lurks and perks for membership last week our topic was on educational technology and for the first part of that episode i spoke to michael porteous from education perfect and we talked about um, the different uh, platforms that exist about the privacy issues that exist in educational technologies. For example, who gets the data? Um, We found out that some teachers are avoiding educational technology, and it's usually the teachers who have been in the service for a long time. They're used to doing things in a certain way, um, and they're resisting the educational technology, whereas younger teachers are taking it up. There was a tip from Michael that if you're going to go down the educational technology path and have EdTech help teach subjects um, in whether you're in a secondary school or primary school, whether it's maths, whether it's uh, English, whether it's science. If you're going to go down that path, it's best to get an organisation or a company that are good communicators, that have customer service for you uh, virtually at any time of the day, where the company actually has a phone number that you can call. Teachers are communicators, and it's important to be able to phone them up, not just use a, a, a pro forma on, on a website, um, where the content can be adjusted for your students and when where there is levels within levels. Because as we know, there is not just one mainstream class anymore. There are many, many different levels of student within that class. So that was a good tip from Michael Porteous from Education Perfect. I then spoke to Ian Fagan from Skadell. Now, what Ian had to say fascinated me, and it fascinated many, it seems. Skadell is a uh, well-being app that students use. The aim of that app is to get them to check in with their well-being. If they're being bullied at school or if something's not going right, they can go into their app um, and they can work on their own plan as to how to overcome that issue. And the whole idea, according to Ian, was that it makes the students take responsibility for their well-being. Now, 
we did discuss uh, issues of privacy and data. Uh, who actually gets to look at that information that's entered into the app by the student? Um, and it's the school that can look at that uh, in order to try and help a student through a particular issue. There is no obligation for the school to relate those concerns to the parents. Uh, and the students, if they need to, can go on and uh, talk to a psychologist. So it really was going to another level of student well-being that actually made them responsible and and could create some privacy and legal issues, especially if parents weren't informed of a particular crisis that was going on in the student's life. And I referred to the case in America where the year eight boy, the 14-year-old boy, was socially transitioning from uh, male to female. Um, the school knew all about it and was counselling that boy, uh, yet the parents did not know about it for six months. So this is the sort of issue that that app raised. Um, so it, it, it was an interesting episode. Today, our topic is on casual teaching and temporary teaching and the casualization of the teaching workforce. And it's here I have to apologise to our listeners because um, I put a call out that listeners could actually record their comments about being casual and being temporary um, and um, that we would include them in, in the podcast. Um, and I tested the link on our website and it was all fine, but I didn't test it on a mobile and nothing worked. There was lots of uh, visitors to that site where they could, uh, where, where listeners could leave their comment, but unfortunately it didn't work. So I do apologise to you. Therefore, I don't have the listener comments about being casual and permanent. Again, my apologies. This topic came about because we received messages from teachers who were very concerned that they weren't being made permanent. They were being kept in a sort of a limbo um, by having temporary contracts. Some were even on the casual list and wanted to be permanent and couldn't see any future for them unless they were permanent. So I decided to get a national viewpoint and I spoke to Dr. Alexis Vasili. Uh, he's a research associate in the Centre for Work and Wellbeing in the Faculty of Business and Law at Edith Cowan University. Alexis, why have we seen such a rise in casualisation? Well, what we've seen is there's uh, a huge amount of people in the Australian workforce um, in insecure work, so on, on casual contracts, fixed-term contracts and, and other forms, um, and it actually makes up between one in four and one in five workers. For the employer... It's, it's really got a number of, um, of advantages and there's a lot more flexibility for, for the employer um, and indeed um, a, lot of, a lot of cost savings. So um, I think, um, you know, that's, that's why it's, it's become such a big issue. So the employers, the employers prefer it because of some issues and cost saving is one. How do they save costs by employing casuals? On average, casual workers 
earn less and they actually on average earn less per hour um, as well as they will earn less as a result of not working full-time hours often even though they want to. In, in, in For teachers, um, Alexis, the teachers don't work just two hours and someone sends them home. They're, they're doing exactly the same hours as a permanent teacher. So if you're a casual teacher, you'll do the same hours in front of the class. You don't do the administrative work, the marking and the meetings. Um, so is the cost saving in uh, holiday pay and sick pay, is that where the most of the cost saving lies? Um, some, some colleagues... Um have done a lot of work in this, um, particularly in New South Wales, but also in in WA. What their researchers um, have shown is that um, in New South Wales, it's around 10% of um, of teachers are casuals, and the use of casuals has gone up. Um, but really, um, arguably, the bigger problem is the use of short-term contracts, and that there's... Um, around 15% now of teachers on, on short-term fixed-term fixed contracts of three years um, or less. So it's 15% on the on the temporary short-term contracts plus another 10% are casuals. Is that right? So it's about a total of 25%. That's right. You, you do see different issues between casuals and, and fixed-term contracts, um, and it does vary by, um, by industry. But um, in neither case is, is their job security. Um, they're, they're not permanently employed. In, in terms of um, casuals, there's no, um, you know, there's not leave entitlement, sick leave, annual leave, um, long service leave and, and so forth. You know, what the research has shown with particularly the, uh, the fixed teachers on fixed-term contracts. And this is the same in, in, uh, in other industries, particularly professional industries, is that those um, employees desire to be permanent. They, they desire to have, um, you know, an ongoing contract and to really make a start in, in their career in, in that industry, be it teaching or, or otherwise. Um, and so they're not wanting to be on, on the fixed-term contracts. And so... It means that they can be less likely to speak up, they'll work harder, they're always trying to impress and they need to do that um, because otherwise there's the risk that at the end of the six months, at the end of the 12, year, 12 months, however long the contract is, they won't be re-employed. Has there been a, a rise in temporary and casualisation during COVID? Because, you know, I just heard today that there's 20,000 um, Australians per day being diagnosed with COVID. That means sick leave. If they've got long COVID, it can mean a, a very long period of sick leave. Does the casualisation suit the employers more because they don't have to pay that during COVID? Look, I think that's, that's you know, that's a good point. Um See what 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 I think we saw with um, with COVID actually is some of these underlying issues in employment relations really come to the surface. Um, I mean, I'm not not sure if you 
remember um, fairly early on in the pandemic, there was the issue with uh, security guards in, in the quarantine hotels actually spreading spreading COVID. And, you know, they were work, they were casuals um, working multiple jobs. Similar thing in, in aged care. People uh, work in, in multiple aged care facilities. And they're, they're doing that because they want more hours. They've got low pay. And that was actually spreading the virus. So, um, you know, what was an issue for those workers really became an issue for broader society and, and really became an issue in, in the media and in, in public um, debate. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's really brought this issue to the surface. A- another interesting thing that we're seeing is, um, you know, s- some employers are paying COVID leave to, to casuals, um, others aren't. So, you know, the ones that aren't are obviously saving. The, the ones that, that are, um, in a sense, it's a tacit acknowledgement that uh, the casual loading payment, which is often around 25% extra you, you, you get as a, as a casual to the hourly rate, that casual loading actually isn't enough. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't compensate for, you know, you, you're not having your annual leave, your sick leave, your, your long service leave, and in some cases not getting the, uh, the hours that, that you want. Um, look, teaching, because we have such a shortage of teachers in this country and actually worldwide, there's a shortage of teachers that the casuals um, are in demand. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what, what research has been done about this, but during COVID, when teachers worked from home um, and did the, the online stuff and other industries also, um, did, was there a feeling that people thought, oh, look, I, I really don't want to be a spoke in the industry wheel anymore. I don't want to be doing my 40 to 60 to 80 hours a week. I, I just want to be a casual. Do you think there's been a shift in the perception of, of the Australian workers? It's it's very hard to, to generalise. I mean, um, what we did see, though, I think, um, was, you know, a huge burden um, placed on on people really all workers the whole you know working from home and you know preparing lessons and and transitioning to online i mean that was um you know i think necessary for for the health um uh, you know for health reasons but there often you know wasn't an accompanying increase in resources to prepare those lessons to change i mean let's face it it's it's very different um you know i know know myself teaching in a uh, in a university setting it's very different teaching online from from in person it's not the same thing i mean it's uh it's not ideal to just plonk the same lessons that you would have done in person um on online no it's a whole different uh, different skill isn't it alexis what is the future looking like um, for permanent work and for casual work, can you see in the next ten or fifteen years is is casuals going to increase? Do you think as technology takes over more of a full time teacher's job, for example? What we've often seen with uh, with technology has been um, predictions of, of huge displacement of of workers, um, and then but the reality has been that new jobs, new roles have been created um, and or the existing roles are changed. So it's it's more that, that technology, um, uh, you know, works alongside, uh, alongside human uh, workers. In terms of in, insecure work, um, it, I, I don't see it 
getting any better in in the absence of um, a real desire by either um, governments to change it or by employees uh, and their representatives, by unions to to put pressure on employers to uh, to increase um, you know increase the number of permanent staff, um, and, and the the reason for that is that employers gain gain such a benefit out of uh, out of having people in in insecure work, um, and unfortunately. For the workers involved, um, there's real issues of of justice, and there's also health issues that um, that go along with that. In Victoria, um, there's currently a trial of uh, sick leave for for casuals that the government's actually paying uh, workers in um, in a small number of industries for for a two year trial that they're paying them. I think it's five days sick leave for a year. So, you know, that'll be welcomed. Um, you know, you'd imagine by those workers that weren't previously enjoying it. It sounds rather shadowy when you said that the the advantages for employers of keeping the workers insecure. Um, <laughs> is that what's happened historically? Is, is, is there examples of that? Casual employment's really old. I mean, you, you go back to... Um you know the the early 1900s and um, and wharfies um, were were picked, you know, by a, a sort of foreman for a day's work, and the the biggest and strongest, um, you, you know, got the day's work, and everyone else went went home. Um, I mean that that used to be called the the bull system, um, and that was that was eventually um, you know abolished through through union action. Um, but again, we're, you know, we're seeing a similar thing today. There's, there's some, um, you know, a lot of people on the wharf are, are casuals and they, they get their shifts by a text message, you know, the, the night before or, um, or I think in some cases even the morning of, of, the, uh, of the day. Yes, yes, and as teachers do as well, they get their um, their message to turn up at a school at a you know the night before via text um, if they're a casual teacher. So yeah, that's interesting. What I have heard is that the fixed term contracts are a bigger issue, um, and interestingly, what had happened there, at least in New South Wales, was that um, was that the teachers' union um, around twenty years ago actually suggested um, bringing in a category of, of fixed-term workers with the hope of moving casuals onto fixed-term contracts so that what happened was that rather than moving the casuals onto the fixed-term contracts, we've seen the proportion of people on in permanent employment in teaching New South Wales decline. So the casuals were sort of remaining constant and there was a lower proportion of, of people on permanent contracts and now there's around, um, you know, 15% of teachers on, uh, on fixed-term contracts. You know, there's sort of – there can be the stress of – you know, the contract comes up for renewal, will it be renewed? And that can go on for, for, for year after year. Um, you know, it can, can be many years, uh, you know, as I understand it in, in teaching um, as well and certainly other industries. You know, there are actually health impacts of, of job insecurity. And so the, the West Australian government um, has um, issued 
a code of practice on psychosocial workplace hazards. So psychosocial hazard is anything in the design, organisation or management of work that causes stress. And so they actually said, well, job insecurity is a, is a hazard that, that can cause stress. We can, can see a link between uh, casual work and, and ill health. Um, so, you know, casual and temporary work, there's higher injury rates, worse injuries in some industries, um, high risk of heart disease, even things like more unwanted sexual advances at work um, and higher levels of anxiety and depression. So, you know, we can see... Um, I guess the link between the the conditions of work and and the job insecurity and and what actually impacts people's um, health. And Alexis, what about the big issue of workload? It's a major concern for teachers at the moment. Feel workload we we see is a huge issue in in a lot of industries and in, including for for teachers. Uh, and what we hear is is you know teachers saying that. They've got a lot of, um, you know, administrative duties and and not the time to to do that. So really calling for a lot more time to to be able to do their um, their duties. I wouldn't want to be a teacher. Put it that way. And gee, I'm glad my days in the classroom are over as well. That was Dr. Alexis Vasili, research associate in the Centre for Work and Wellbeing in the Faculty of Business and Law at Edith Cowan University in Western Australia. Now it's time for a brain break. For those of you who aren't uh, regular listeners of Marking the Roll, a brain break is where you get a chance to listen to some music, lower the electrical state of your brain, um, and come back refreshed for the second part of the podcast, where we'll be hearing from someone who has a pretty thorough knowledge of the casual teaching industry. Our brain break today is from Cherry Marmalade, a band from the Illawarra, and their song is called Patagonia. Follow the star shining bright, travel the continent away of light. This is where you need to Cold as hell, you can tell. A rough terrain on the outer shell. This is where you will be well.
band from the Illawarra Cherry Marmalade with the song Patagonia and you can hear them wherever you get your music. Um, they're on Spotify and all of those platforms. You're listening to Marking the Roll, a podcast for teachers and anyone interested in education. You can keep the podcast going by becoming a member or making a small donation through Buy Us a Coffee. Just go to markingtheroll.com.au and click on the yellow coffee cup. Thanks for listening. Now, we've heard from Dr. Alexis Vasili that being casual and being on temporary contracts is actually a form of control, really, of the employee by the employer. We're now going to have a talk to someone who knows the casual teaching industry, if you could call it that, um, pretty well backwards. As you would know, schools are struggling to find casual teachers. Uh, Classes are being split and uh, ending up sitting in a playground sometimes um, as there are no teachers to take that class. So to find out the state of the casual teaching service, I spoke to Gary Keat. Gary is the director of a casual teaching agency called Your Teaching Agency based in Victoria. Gary, I wanted to talk to you um, about the rise in casual teaching. But first, can you just talk about what you do and and how you got into running a casual teaching agency? Yeah, so uh, we supply primary and secondary schools with casual relief teachers. Sometimes uh, it's day-to-day and sometimes it's for a little bit longer uh, to replace teachers who might be away on long service leave um, or other things, sick, sick for long term. Um, so most of our work would range from a one-day placement through to maybe a four-week stint, depending on uh, how long the teacher's going to be away for. Um, we started back in 2017. Uh, I was teaching uh, in schools and secondary schools uh, and wanted a bit of a break from that, and the opportunity came up, so I thought I would uh, give it a go. We started back then, and we just started very small um with one school and and a couple of teachers and just built it up from there um and it's been going really well the demand is very high in victoria at the moment especially and how many teachers do you have in your books gary yeah we wish we had more obviously um pre-covid we had about 150 teachers in our books um but unfortunately now with with where everything's happened uh, for a lot of different reasons we're down to about 80 teachers in our books What's happening in New South Wales, Victoria and all over Australia is is happening all over the world, Gary. There's a a casualisation of the education 
workforce. Do you see this as um, increasing, that, that, that the number of permanent teaching roles will be decreasing, um, or will there be a, a change, do you think? I wish I knew. <laughs> um, I, I really do, because then I could plan my business accordingly. Um, but I think uh, it's definitely becoming more popular with teachers. Uh, to be casual relief teachers because of the demands that they're imposed on um, on full-time teachers at the moment. Um, whether that scales back over the next few years, I, d- I don't know. I can't say that it will. Um, but there's definitely definitely a lot more teachers saying to me, well, we don't want to work full-time anymore uh, because the demands are just way too high um, and we could be a bit more flexible. Um, a lot of those teachers have been teaching for 20-plus years and don't need to work full-time anymore. Um, financially so they say well four days a week suits them really well they can pick the days they have on and off um, and yeah they they love it um, so I think it will become more popular uh, and I think the days of schools managing themselves is almost up um, agencies do a very good job what they do and, and teachers as well they, they don't want 15 schools ringing them in the morning all asking them to work they just want to know where they're going each day um, and that suits them as well. So, yeah, I, I can say that's going to become more popular. And what are the advantages of being a casual teacher, do you think, over being a permanent teacher? Oh, there's a lot. Um, they don't have to put up with any pressures that come with working full-time, like um, marking uh, meetings, which is a lot of, uh, reports, curriculum planning, documentation. That's that's really come a long way um, with the documentation that you need to do now. It's not just a matter of putting a, a lesson plan together anymore. Everything has to be done um, in teams and, and all together. Um, yes. Going home working for two or three hours every night after you get home as well, um, That that's a big one. A lot of teachers are saying to me that, that since they've been doing casual relief teachers, they've got their nights back again. And their weekends back again. They can they can you know do other things. Um, parent-teacher interviews is not not that difficult, but they do come around in your busiest time. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the main things that are getting feedback from, from teachers saying that they, that's why they're a casual relief teacher. In New South Wales, and I guess it's the same Victoria. It's the amount of administrative work that teachers mm-hmm. have to do if they're permanent. Yeah. Um, so, it, and, and it doesn't show any signs of decreasing. So teachers are leaving the workforce, uh, permanent workforce, in droves, and they're going on to the casual list, which um, is really adding to the casualisation. One of the big issues has been that casuals haven't been able to get a home loan or a personal loan. Have you found that in Victoria? I haven't had that feedback from any teachers, no. No. It's funny because um, I did some research this morning and found that banks are all too willing to give casual teachers a loan. They have to actually jump through a couple more hoops uh, than a permanent staff member. But I think there is a myth out there that casuals and temporary teachers can't get home loans. Well, yeah, I I give teachers um, letters along those lines all the time just saying, well, you're a casual teacher for banks, Um, addressed to the banks saying, well, casual teacher, but... This is how much they've worked in the last uh, you know, year, two years, how many days per week, roughly, on average, and then what's expected in the future, and they accept that. And do you see um, being a casual teacher as a good introduction to teachers who are fairly new out of their teaching course? Oh, absolutely. It's the, I, I, we deal with a lot of graduate teachers, and 
the sad thing is a lot of them say, well, I'm only going to be doing casual teaching until I can get a full-time job. Um, and they don't consider casual teaching. They're all going for that full-time job straight out of university, which I don't think, you know, my experience is not a great option unless you're, you know, really ready for it. But a lot of casual teachers aren't ready for it straight out of university. Um, so they they start off and everything we've just spoken about, the marking, the meetings, reports, curriculum, you know, work after school and all that. They're not just doing that. They're also getting ready for... Um, becoming full-time teachers and as part of the VIT process here, um, their workload is huge to try and become fully registered because they're only provisionally registered in Victoria the first few years out of the university. So they're, they're adding all that on top of it as well. Plus they're trying to get you know used to teaching in the classroom, the classroom management skills, which they don't have because it's impossible for the unis to prepare them for what's gonna gonna come when they leave when they to leave uni and go out um, to work at a school. Um, doing teaching rounds is great and it gives them a bit of an introduction but having your own class is very different um, and managing that class yourself is very different so the pressures that they have on them when they come out of university and start teaching full-time are huge way more than a normal teacher would have and they don't have the experience to be able to handle it so the feedback from the teachers that do that for a year or two first is I'm so glad that I did that because it really set up my career and they can also make a decision, I suppose, Gary, as to whether they even want to be a permanent teacher after seeing the suffering of their colleagues. Yeah, it could just be also that the difference between a Catholic school, an independent school and a government school, well, they can make the choice as to which, which direction they go in as well. Um, the teachers that I have that, that come through me and they work at, at some of these schools and they get jobs at those schools, they last a lot longer at that school because they know what they're walking into. And they might say, well, yeah, I love working at this school, but I don't like working at that school. So when a job comes up at the school they don't love, they won't know that coming straight out of uni, whether they're going to like the school or not. So this way they've had the chance to you know, go to the school, see what it's like working there, see what it's like the staff, the culture of the school, and then decide whether they want to take a position there. What would you uh, suggest to a casual teacher that's going out that is fairly new, fairly uh, fresh out of university? Um, when they first go into a staff room, what do you think a casual teacher should do? Oh, well, a staff room, the first thing to do is just, just get to know the, everyone in the staff room and talk to as many people as they can. Um, talk to so not hide away in in the class, but go no, in and, and be social. No, 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 straight into the into the um, staff room first day and start talking to people. Um, talk to other casual relief teachers that are there as well. They'll be their biggest support. Um, just finally, Gary, when a when a, a, a student comes out of uh, university and they're going go into the casual workforce, um, now there's there's plenty of these agencies around in New South Wales. I know I used to work through one. What should that teacher look for uh, in in an agency? Because they're not all the same, are they? They're definitely not all the same. Um, we're very different to the, agency, the other agencies around in Victoria. We've got three or four really big agencies. Uh, and then we have probably about 20 agencies about the same size as us. Uh, and I'd, look, it depends what you want and where, where you are. Um, some teachers just want to come straight out of university and say, I want the biggest agency because I want to work every day and I don't care where I work, and I, that's fine. They, they go to those agencies. But the teachers that want a little bit more um, 
one-on-one with with the agency uh definitely a smaller agency is the way to go so the smaller the agency the more they get to know that the the teachers um and yep. therefore they link or match the teachers with the schools for example if the teacher has a musical skill or a language skill yep. you can match that with the with the casual teacher. absolutely yep. And that's what we do for our schools, and that's the service we can provide for our schools that the other agencies, the bigger ones, can't. Thanks very much for talking to us. That was Gary Keat from Your Teaching Agency, located in Victoria. So for you teachers out there who are permanent, and I know that you have a really hard road, according to Gary, a lot of permanent teachers are now opting to go casual. Yes, this means resigning from the permanent teaching service and uh, taking casual positions as they come up. There seems to be no shortage of work for casuals. Now, that won't suit everyone, but for those who are raising a young family, I found it terrific. Um, There's opportunity to work three or four days a week. Don't have to work five days. Um, You can have time for, for the kids. And there's no admin stress, there's very little marking, and hardly any meetings. Next week, we'll be looking at the Year 12 exam. Is it really worth persisting with this old form of evaluation where there are so many better forms of evaluation? And when there's only 40% of university entrants uh, are based on the ATAR. So... That'll be next week in Marking the Roll. It's been good to have you listening, and I'll see you next week.